War. A monster in your closet. Cancer. A pack of rabid gerbils under your pillow. These things all incite fear, panic, terror. Let's talk about how much impact fear can have and see if anyone is trying to keep us from being afraid. Sure, in the movies, aliens always come down with a cure for cancer and fruit baskets, and they're always greeted by noble diplomats who treat them with dignity and honor. They share some margaritas, we're told we're not alone, Walmart makes plans to open stores on the Martian equivalent to the wrong side of the tracks, and in the next scene, we turn into energy beings and float off into the sun's corona. While that's Hollywood's interpretation, let's think about what would really happen if aliens visit us. Just bear with me on this, I'm going somewhere. Maybe aliens and their arrival are worthy of their own show, but for now, just assume they come. They make their presence known, but they don't make their intentions known. How would the general public react? First of all, the religious community would immediately be segregated. The very existence of otherworldly beings would divide the church. Some would think it's revelations coming true, which does read like an alien invasion. Try reading it with that in mind. Others would think it's Satan's ultimate trick. Still others, who don't take the Bible so literally, would say, Hey, an alien! This has nothing to do with my religion at all. There would be dozens of factions interpreting all this differently. Arguments over the aliens being the angel of peace or the angel of mercy would ensue everywhere. But ignoring that community, what about more secular issues? Do you think the scientists at the oil company would wonder if the aliens would be providing us with a better fuel? How would the oil company's CEO respond to this? Would they embrace it or fear it? Would there be people who think this has been a long-running government cover-up, where Uncle Sam knew this was coming and didn't do enough to prevent it? Would doctors wonder if they were about to lose their job? Would nurses? Or hospital janitors? Would sick patients wonder if their cure was almost here? Would terminally ill people gain the will to live one more day? Would backwoods southern rednecks, wondering if the aliens had larger genitals and considering them a threat to their manhood, want to start a fight, give a mighty rebel yell, and want more, more, more? Would teenagers think that since the world is going to end, we might as well skip school and do it one last time, or the first? Would teachers be concerned that the students wouldn't be thinking about the schoolwork and worry how to keep their classes' attention? I don't think an alien invasion is imminent. But what if the news channel started announcing that Chemical X has caused the common flu virus to mutate and become deadly to 1 in 10 people? The first symptoms don't appear for at least two days, death comes within two weeks, and the suggested name is Captain Trips, but due to excessive scabbing around the nose, it's dubbed Captain Crunch. How would the general public react? First of all, the religious community would immediately be segregated. Some would think this is revelations coming true. Others would think it's Satan's ultimate trick. Still others who don't take the Bible so literally would say, Hey, I better have this cough looked into. But what about the secular issues? Would there be people who think it's been a long-running government cover-up where Uncle Sam knew this was coming and didn't do enough to prevent it? Would doctors prepare for a flood of victims? Would they know there's no way they could treat everyone and prepare to hand out placebos? Would the nurses prepare to work overtime? Would they wonder if they should just stay home for fear of catching Captain Crunch fever? Would the hospital janitor purchase more sawdust to clean up excessive blood and vomit? Would the manager of Starbucks want to stay home for fear of catching this disease? Would his customers consider staying home and locking their door? Would the teenager working at Starbucks think this is no big deal and just go into work anyway? Would his mom worry about him? Would she become paralyzed with fear for his safety? Would one caffeine-headache-driven customer break the window of an unopened Starbucks to steal coffee? Would he contaminate their remaining coffee supply intentionally? Would George Carlin consider changing his opening monologue for that night's show? 
With Johnny, who just discovered he is infected, and was recently dumped by his love Bethuma last Wednesday, try to contact her in a last rite of revenge, hoping to infect her as well. A deadly virus is more likely than an alien invasion, but what about something more pedestrian? What if a hurricane hit a city that was several feet below sea level? What if the oil company's refineries and pipelines were affected by this disaster, and they reported that they might have less gas than they normally would? How might the general public react? First of all, the religious community would immediately be segregated. Some would think this is revelations coming true and that the sinners were being punished. Others would think it's Satan's ultimate trick. Still others who don't take the Bible so literally would say, Hey, I'm almost on E. But what about the secular issues? Would there be people who think it's been a long-running government cover-up where Uncle Sam knew this was coming and didn't do enough to prevent it? Would doctors wonder if they had enough gas to get to work? Would Henrietta, the Ethel Merman impersonator, worry no one was going to be at her show tonight? Would she worry about how to pay her car payment? Would she look into her empty cupboard and wonder how she was going to pay for food? Would several thousand people think only of themselves and go immediately to the gas station with extra containers and drain the remaining gas? Would they feel justified doing so, thinking that their lives are more important than everyone else's? Although they wouldn't think of it that way in their heads. It would probably be more like, I've got kids to take to school and that phone's not going to answer itself at the receptionist desk tomorrow. Would the government use oil from its strategic petroleum reserve? Would that make a difference? If after three days of stations being out of gas, would people out of pure desperation line up to swipe whatever gas was available, regardless of their need? That last catastrophe did happen. I'm trying to point out that there are many areas affected by uncertainty. With the exception of Heisenberg, people hate uncertainty. In movies with alien invasions, there's often a bad government guy that wants to cover things up or simply destroy the aliens. Ominous music is played when the character quietly reveals to the audience that he's in contact with a nuclear missile silo that will launch on his orders to eradicate the aliens along with several thousand Americans. You're supposed to hate this guy. He's evil, I tells you. Is this guy truly evil? Movies rarely provide adequate motivation for such behavior. They just need a bad guy and this one will do. His only possible evil action is the ruthless slaughtering of thousands of innocent people. Oh wait, he is evil. He's going to kill thousands of people and only save billions. That's got to be evil. Or maybe he's simply doing a job he's been trained to do. He's been trained to ensure that Americans are never aware of the constant attacks they are under. If the average American found out that aliens were on Earth, can you understand how many problems that would create? If nothing else, recognize that many people would not do their normal routine. People wouldn't show up to work either out of fear, joy, or because they were gone E.T. hunting. Think about how that would affect the economy. It's time for an economics lesson. The stock market is based entirely on mass perceptions. If enough people believe a stock is hot, its price goes up. If enough people think it's bad, its price goes down. This shouldn't surprise you. But if you think about it, you'll realize that the entire thing is built upon what people think, not how the company is actually doing. Let me give you an example. At the time of this recording, Microsoft's stock was at $22 per share. Apple's was at $60. Microsoft made $2.98 billion with a B last quarter. Apple made $290 million with an M. Microsoft makes 10 times more, and yet Apple's stock is 3 times more than Microsoft's. The stock market is about perceptions. So, hypothetically, aliens appear. Do you think companies will be affected? If nothing else, 
their workforce will probably not be as efficient as they normally would be. Do you think the stock market would be adversely affected? Probably. I would argue that a lot of people will be going through a personal crisis. Their worldview will be changed. Their minds will be suddenly open to possibilities they hadn't even considered. These people will not be the sci-fi geeks, but the everyday people. A small portion of people will simply shut down. Some people do not know how to cope with unusual situations and wind up sitting on their knees on the floor, rocking back and forth, incessantly saying, What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Game over, man! Game over! Remember 9-11? Remember the video footage of people standing in the streets just staring at the sky and crying at the top of their lungs with their mouths fully open? Were you thinking, Hey, that, that building just collapsed. Maybe you shouldn't be within four blocks of the other one in case it collapses as well. Those people just shut down and probably had to be forcibly moved to safety. I'm trying to point out that if such an event were to occur, it would highly disrupt life for many people. Even the people who cope easily and just try to move on with their daily lives would be affected. Suddenly there'd be less people at work, and the few that are there only want to talk about the real life V the miniseries. But this time Mark Singer won't save the day. Maybe the government guy isn't so evil after all. Maybe he knows what's coming and only wants things to go on for everyone, just like they always have. Maybe he's wrong with his methods, but his heart is in the right place. Okay, enough of aliens. What about swift, terminal, incurable viruses? Yeah, what about them? What if, either intentional or not, a plague swept the nation? If the government officially announced such a thing, do you think people would continue their daily lives? Do you think people with any minor cough, itch, or sudden giant black growth over their left eye wouldn't rush to the doctor? How would the hospitals react to this flood of patients, the patients they couldn't help? Would the doctors just want to skip work knowing there was nothing they could do? Would one angry patient, insisting that doctors could help his ailing son, instigate a riot resulting in the death of innocent doctors and nurses? Would this make the doctors really not want to come in? Do you think people would blame the government for not being prepared, without realizing that the government is neither superhuman nor is it a very good fortune teller? Would they have expected the government to somehow always have an answer to their problems? Think about that one for a moment. Do you think flights would be canceled in an effort to contain the infection? Do you think countries would close their borders in an effort to contain the infection? Would the government quarantine areas, locking people into their towns or dragging them into makeshift prisons? Would the government be selfish for doing so? Would it have personal motives, even though it isn't a person? Or would it simply be trying the only thing it knew to do? Would people fear such a quarantine and start stockpiling weapons? What's my point? Where am I going with all this? I'm alluding that fear is the mind killer. If there is a potential that something bad on a large scale might happen, all normalcy will be disrupted for a time. This disruption would seriously affect our economy and could possibly incite riots. My main issue here is how much effect fear can have. Not the actual bad event, just the possibility and fear of the event. My previous scenarios were intended to point out what the average person might do when afraid. I used extreme cases intentionally. Why? Because the government deals with large-scale, fear-inducing issues constantly. Yes, there is a government conspiracy. There's lots of them. and I, for one, am quite glad. I'm not talking about who killed JFK or the fact that Exxon earned more, com more money than any company in history in a single quarter. I'm sure there are some real doozies of cover-ups purely for the purpose of making money or fulfilling some sick politician's sick needs. I'm not referring to those. I'm talking about the government keeping much more mundane information from the average person in an effort to keep fear at bay. People don't want to live in fear. The economy doesn't work well when people are afraid. 
I wish I could tell you how many terrorist threats the government deals with each day. However, any such number would undoubtedly be false, which is kind of my main point on this, and it would be a statistic, and statistics always lie. So to reach the truth, let's consider what we know. Let's see if we can determine how often the government is threatened. We got this cool color-coded terror alert system. I think it's a periwinkle right now, so I feel better already. But it's not at its lowest level. If it's not, that must mean that the government feels there is some form of a threat. I don't think it's been at its lowest level since it was instituted. This means that there has always been some level of threat. Have you been hearing of daily threats? Unless you're actively seeking news sources that report that sort of thing, I doubt it. The government doesn't want you to know about these issues. They're not trying to be sneaky. They realize that many people would simply panic if they knew what was really going on. I'm sure some nut calls in some government office every day stating that the bomb on a bus will explode if they slow down or some other overly complicated plan. The government has the tedious job of determining which ones are legit, but they don't advertise this. I'm glad. I don't want to know how close to death I come each day. Frankly, I trust our government to stop the problem most of the time, and, by looking at past experiences, I trust that if something bad does happen, I most likely won't be at the scene. That leaves a very small chance of death and dismemberment for me. A chance, but so small that I won't be fearful to go about my daily activities of going to work or counting the ferrets in my neighbor's yard. I'll ignore the scoffing at the government effectively stopping something. Back to the terror alert rainbow. Man, is this thing saving lives. This thing is great. I feel safer and my pants fit better too. But what happens if they raise the terror alert? What are we supposed to do? Here's David Cross to explain one possible scenario. Oh, honey, the terrorist alert has been uh, uh, lifted to orange. Oh, what should I do? We'll get the bread out of the oven and let's eat dinner. Yes, what are you supposed to do differently based on the terror alert? According to the Department of Homeland Security at DHS.gov, this is what I'm supposed to do based on the elevated alert level. All Americans should continue to be vigilant, take notice of their surroundings, and report suspicious items or activities to local authorities immediately. Everybody should establish an emergency preparedness kit as well as a communications plan for themselves and their family, and stay informed about what to do during an emergency situation. A thought occurs to me. Wouldn't that be good advice regardless of the terror alert level? By making the aforementioned statement, the government is implying that had the terror alert been lower, you should ignore your surroundings, don't report suspicious items or activities, and screw the emergency kit. Hail grasshopper, up yours, aunt. By definition of being suspicious, you probably ought to report it, or at least take note of it for when Bill Curtis comes by to interview you after the crime. I'm told that certain facilities do have different plans of action based on the color. If these are government facilities, they could be, and should be, informed through a different means than by a paint chip on a website. If they're civilian facilities, I contend that after two years of seeing absolutely nothing happen regardless of the terror alert, that terror pigment becomes as effective as a thunderstorm watch. Do you pack your bags and dive into the basement every time a thunderstorm watch occurs? If so, you're the person the government is trying to keep from being terrified. If, on the other hand, you're normal like the rest of us, and yes, I include myself in there, you promptly ignore the thunderstorm warning and begin swearing at the TV because you just missed the punchline, thanks to the National Weather Service beeping over your favorite show. Okay, so the terror alert isn't about actually providing useful information. Then why does it exist? I'll hold the suspense to that question by asking you... How do you get a witch pregnant? I mean, how do you stop a lone kamikaze with a bomb strapped to his chest from killing everyone at the local Eckerd's? No, ducking into the tampon aisle might provide padding from the blast, but it won't stop the shrapnel from the razor blade aisle. 
And while you might save yourself, you didn't actually stop the bomber. The answer to this is very simple. You don't. Captain John Sheridan from Babylon 5 said it best. All the security in the world can't stop a lone gunman dedicated to exchange his life for the target. So you might as well live instead of being a prisoner. Many people don't want to think about that, but there's nothing you can do once that type of person has set that type of work in motion. The only chance you have of stopping him is if he makes a major mistake, like tells you he's going to do it. You can make effective bombs from simple household items, and if you don't value your own life, no one can stop you. The best you can hope for is to limit the damage. You see, it's only because people aren't willing to die for their cause that we don't have rampant Eckert exploding problems with Tylenol raining from the sky. But consider, other countries do have people willing to die for their cause. Reference the episode on illegal immigration for a possible solution to that one. So what does this have to do with the terror alert? There's simply a lot of things the government can't do anything about. They don't want to admit this. Not because it injures their pride, but because it makes people panic. Too many people expect the government to solve all their problems. The real purpose of the terror colors is to make it appear they're solving an almost unsolvable problem. Whenever the color changes, people get the impression that the government is actually doing something. That's why it changes so frequently, or at least it did for a while. I never look at that thing myself. Hey, the bread is ready. I'm not saying that the government is not doing anything. I'm saying they've been doing things for decades. It's been business as usual for the FBI and CIA before and after 9-11. But suddenly, people want them to do more. Well, they're doing almost all that's possible, feasible, and affordable. But politicians knew that a highly visible sign that said, Looky, we're doing something, would go a long way to easing people's troubled minds. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. If you see through it, then you probably understand the issues they face. You probably understand that public fear is one of those issues. If you don't see through it, then it probably makes you feel better to think that brave men and women are putting their life on the line to keep us at olive drab, or whatever the hell the color is. So when the government says that object in the sky was just a weather balloon and not a spaceship, maybe it wasn't either one of those. Remember Occam's razor? The simplest solution is usually the correct one? Maybe it's actually a new spy plane our military is developing. Maybe it's a spy plane some other military is developing. Maybe if you knew it was really a Chilean warship, you would sleep a little less at night. So the government says it's a weather balloon. They know that most people will buy that excuse, and the few that don't will think it's a spaceship and a government cover-up. This will serve the government's purpose. Nobody will listen to the crackpots about spaceships, and thus no one was afraid. The government just lied to you, and it was only to prevent fear. What if, while searching for nuclear and biological weapons in the Middle East, instead of nothing, they find the mother load? What if a warehouse of nuclear bombs was found and was obviously missing some of them? What if also in that warehouse were plans for sneaking a nuclear bomb into the U.S. via shipping containers? They'd just stick it in the same container as the Tickle Me Elmo shipment coming in from Taiwan. Would the government really want to tell the general public this? Let's think about how hard that plan would be to instigate. You bribe some Taiwanese stuffed animal warehouse manager to let you put a crate into one of his shipping containers. Done. The crate and its deadly contents would soon be on their way to the U.S. I argue that the government would keep that under wraps. That's a good thing. Okay, let's talk about Russia. Sorry, either you have to take my word for this or look it up. But were you aware that the U.S. pays the salaries of the Russian nuclear scientists? Why? Because the Russian government collapsed and couldn't pay their own scientists. Scientists that have access to large amounts of weapons-grade plutonium, the main ingredient in nuclear bombs. Scientists who might be approached by our enemies willing to pay them handsomely in exchange for some of that plutonium. 
And unfortunately, we're not 100% certain that that hasn't happened already. So there's a possibility that nuclear weapons may have been found. I'm not trying to make a statement on the war saying it's right or wrong. I'll save that for another show. I'm just saying that the government might not be telling us everything just to keep us from being afraid. Do you tell a four-year-old girl that she's surrounded by viruses and that there are people trying to engineer an even more lethal virus? Probably not. You don't tell her this because you don't want to scare her. You know she doesn't really understand these types of things, and it's just going to make her afraid. Unfortunately, most American adults don't understand these types of things either, and are easily panicked by the media. The government lies to us to protect us, just like a parent. They're not filthy, evil liars. They're just liars, and they are trying to protect our economy and prevent the riots that follow panic. The government fully recognizes that its citizens cannot live in fear their whole lives. Informing them of what's really going on around them would terrify them. I'm not saying all lies are for our own good, but consider that some are. The next time you're watching Starman, don't get mad at that government agent that's chasing him. Thank them. They're only trying to protect your right for the pursuit of happiness. Visit our website at logicallycritical.com. Send feedback to podcast at logicallycritical.com.